If you find value in our show and want to help us produce more awesomeness, there are several ways to do so. Go to anchor.fm slash pvotn and help us monetarily and send us a message. We would love to hear from you. Or you can find us at Patreon at patreon.com slash pvotn fandemic. That's capital P-V-O-T-N, lowercase f-a-n-d-e-m-i-c, where levels of awesomeness awaits and a chance to be part of the show. If you can't help monetarily, no biggie. Share the awesomeness on your socials, and don't forget to leave a review. Alright, let's get on with the show. Get your earphones in, everybody, and everybody hear us out. We are Rob Uten and Brian Dennis, and this is P-V-O-T-N. We've got my dad leveling up your awesomeness. Dropping knowledge of TV, movies, and comics. We've got Brian Dennis flexing his nerd muscles. How you level up your awesomeness? He will solve the puzzle. Just when you thought you've heard it all, a new episode will come along. Won't you like, subscribe, and rate our show? One last thing, leave a five-star review before you go. Oh, yeah! Welcome to Prevenge of the Nerds. This is a podcast about the stories that could have led to your favorite movies, TV shows, and so much more. I'm Brian... Hi, I'm Bradley Butin, and this is... Ryan S. Dennis with the S stands for Azrael. All right. Not, uh, yes, I am Brad, not Brian. <laughs> it's going to be that kind of night. All right. Brian, we will be your guides on this quest to level up your awesomeness. We will nerd out. We will get sidetracked. And we're going to have a great time doing it. So, this is how the show is going to go. First, we will cover our topic of the week. We will discuss, theorize, and give our two cents worth along with a penny for our thoughts. Then we'll each have our own topic to cover with each other. One of us will do a pitch. One of us will do a tat. But first, Brian, there's a meme going around that I wanted to bring up to you and see what your thoughts are. It's a pretty cool story about what if the CIA was trying to assassinate Clark Kent because of a story that he wrote but they kept on failing because they didn't know he was Superman. <laughs> well, first off, and this is this is and this goes back to again for any, any of our new listeners, first off, welcome. But secondly, uh, again, Brian S. Dennis, the S stands for Azrael this week, is that I am a huge, huge Batman fan. Uh, however, one of the, so if you're a Batman fan, I believe to believe that if you like Batman, you cannot ride with Superman. And this has sure. always been one of my things when it comes to Superman. So I love the idea that the CIA feel they need to shut down Clark Kent, the reporter. But I also believe that at the highest levels of our government, they are fully aware that Clark Kent and Superman are the same person. So I could totally see some mid-level CIA uh, sending a wet work team out to uh, silence Mr. Kent and then not working until finally 
someone with ultimate level clearance, the real Nick Fury, showing up going, are you an idiot? <laughs> Pulling back the team. And basically, because I was funny, I was watching uh, The Dark Knight right before we started. And if you're familiar with The Dark Knight, there's a scene where the one gentleman who works for Wayne Industries, whose job is to do the due diligence on the deal with uh, Yao, uh, uh, realizes that Lucius Fox has been working in conjunction with the Batman. And he goes and goes, hey, I want $10 million. And um, Fox's response was, so you're telling me that one of the most powerful and wealthiest men on the planet also beats up bad guys in his spare time with his bare hands. And your uh your 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 move is to blackmail him. Good luck. <laughs> right. So I completely see some higher up at the CIA going. So let me get it straight. So your idea is we have this reporter who we and our inner circle knows is the last son of Krypton, the man of tomorrow. And your idea is you're gonna shoot him with regular bullets. So yes. Oh, and it's Deadshot. Yes. <laughs> you just throw a little more lore in there. It's Deadshot pulling the trigger for him. Yeah. So, so again, um, uh, uh, but you know what? At this point, you know, maybe we need Deadshot instead of uh, Deadshot seems more lethal with a right hand slap than he is with a gun. So <laughs> so, and you get Chris Rock to play him in the movie. <laughs> You, you, Chris hey, Rock to play Dead you know what? we've never had a good Jimmy Olsen we need to make Chris Rock Jimmy Olsen now we need Chris Rock to be Jimmy Olsen and right as Deadshot has Superman made with the kryptonite bullet dead to rights seriously this will never happen but in our prevent we need to write the cannon so yeah. we've got poor Henry Cavill you know his yeah. last hurrah Superman laying there we've got Will Smith reprising Deadshot he's taking off the mask he's 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 got him he's got the the the, anchor, the the wrist gauntlet with his with one kryptonite bullet trained in right between the eyes of Superman and then Chris Rock who's been introduced as Jimmy Olsen jumps in front of it going no 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 he's ready to take the bullet and all we see is Deadshot walk up in this rare back and smack and then shoots Cavill, and there we go. Cavill gets out of this, gets out of his role as Superman. He absolutely detests playing, and <laughs> we can do a retcon, and there we go. So, but yes, yeah, so so DCU, if you're listening, if you can, <laughs> hey Will Smith, you might need the money. This might. <laughs> I mean, let's face it, you're not going to the Oscars for the next ten years anyway. What so are you gonna do? <laughs> right, might as well. Might as well yeah. come back. Yeah. Why don't you release a new album? Yes. Men in Black right. Four or something, you know. And sadly, I was talking to a friend about about this. Thing. And okay, so it's like we're making a lot of actually was a very tense situation. Yeah. But in all reality, I was talking to a friend of mine and we were discussing this. And uh, my response was, you know what? When your claim to fame as a hip hop artist has been songs about your parents not understanding you, getting jiggy with it, a love song you wrote to your son and a dance-off with an alien from the Men in Black soundtrack, at some point, you just go up and slap an MF-er. Like, just... just <laughs> <for> your... <laughs> that happens after Nightmare on, El- Nightmare yeah. on My Street. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Wow. You just got to have that flex. Like, at one point, right. you know, yeah. It's really... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At, some, at some point, Will Smith thought he was Hancock again. That's all it was. That's all it was. <laughs> Hancock who fell off the wagon. That's all that was. And on a brighter note, I heard that Hancock too finally got signed on and be done. 
<laughs> no, we actually like that movie. We like yes. <laughs> yeah. I but you know what? Don't you you know Wilson has gotta be on the phone with some of his friends going, look, so the so the memory flashy thingy, is there any chance that's real? <laughs> <laughs> Can you activate the one on the Statue yeah, of Liberty? You no, know, I'm gonna say you Please. know he's gone to the Statue of Liberty and just check. Yep. Damn! <laughs> he's on the phone with Tommy Lee Jones right now. Tommy, are you sure? <laughs> and Tommy Lee Jones' response would be, "You know what? If if that was in the, that was real, do you think I would have done Man of the House? Like for real? Right. Uh, <laughs> Actually." I kind of dug that movie. <laughs> Did you really? You probably dug the house bunny too. I mean, oh wow! Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I dug that movie not for the acting. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we can get Anna Ferris on the show at this point. Okay, all right. Yeah. So as he so, does have again, a podcast. <laughs> remember we said, remember in the intro when he talked about that we we will be sidetracked. There will be tangents. That may have been our record. For going into a tangent into the show. That that was fun. That was fun. So. That was fun. Brian, why don't you go ahead and introduce the topic? What are we talking about today? All right. So now that we are in the lovely month of April, and while we know that April showers bring May flowers, it also does bring us little blue men. So what we're going to talk about are going to be, you know, everybody's favorite three apples high mushroom uh, house living, white hat wearing, the Smurf and Smurf, Smurf-tastic group, your friends and ours, there's 100 of them, and we're not sure how they got here. The we Smurfs. have our theories, though. Oh, and it's gonna come up. So, last week's episode where who the hell was Nala's real daddy, we're gonna figure out who the hell are the Smurfs, which is the subject of this week's show, who potentially is their mother. All right, sir. So, yeah, so for this week, we are going to do a deep dive. We're going to cover some of the history, some fun facts, and then we're going to do some pitches and some discussion of the Smurfs. I'll, I'll uh, start it off with a fun fact about the Smurfs. Did you know, Brian, that the Smurfs may have introduced the world to zombies? In 1959, there was a story called the Black Smurfs changed to the Purple Smurf. This is where a black fly stings a Smurf and turns him into a brain-dead fiend going around and biting other Smurfs. Yes! This actually came out nine years before George Romero did Night of the Living Dead. So, Without Smurfs, we don't get zombies. But here's my real question. If there was a zombie, and if again, again, it was only three apples high. By the way, what kind of apples are we talking? Granny Smith, Golden Delicious. I mean, this could be a thing. But if you had if you had the Smurfs that only three apples high, and they were the and by the way, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was culturally sensitive enough to go, let's not make the horde of evil children black. (laughs) Because we I've got my feelings about the Oompa Loompas, we'll delve into at some point. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yes, yes. Um you know, changing them to purple, which is that's how they are both in, I believe, in the book and definitely in the TV show. Yeah. The 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 the, the zombie smurfs of where they, they will now be known. Uh deserves. They, I like that deserves. Ooh, that could um, be its own. 
I think Brian, could, that, right? might, that might be a pitch. That uh, that might be a pitch. So that deserves our purple. Uh, and again, they're bitten on the tail by a fly. So yes. Yeah, so thank you to Smurfs for inter- and I'm sure they were the inspiration of Mrs. Romero's seminal work in uh, Dawn of the Dead. And how high are these mushrooms? Where are these mushrooms located at that are that are you know like three four feet tall? And our flame resistance is all the houses have fireplaces. Right, yeah. You know, now I can't think of the use of any type of mushroom that you could light on the fire. Okay, we'll change. That's another show. But uh, <laughs> actually, it's funny you brought that up. I, <laughs> I bet it is. Here. Um, yeah, so we, I, get, I get a text uh, from somebody, and, uh, and they're, they're telling me about how they are trip sitting. Mm. I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that, it was just hilarious. Uh, but anyway, I just had to bring that up. I don't want to say any names, but yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely, we will, we will, we will disguise names to um, to protect. Really, they're not that innocent, but as people don't want to get in trouble, right? So, uh, <laughs> which is completely fair. So yeah. yeah so we're gonna dive a little deeper into uh, the smurfs. You heard Bradley gave us one of our fun facts today, so he's gonna give us a few fun facts. I'm going to give you a little bit of the history of the Smurfs and the franchise. And then, like I said, we're going to get into our attack section. We're going to play with some of the Smurfs. We've not done a prevent of an actual series in a few weeks here. So we're going to kind of go back to some of our old school stuff, which is when Bradley and I use our um, very large, multifaceted, and somewhat twisted imaginations to give you the alternate versions of what happens to the Smurfs going forward. Yeah, it, so we, we've been doing a lot of lists lately, and so if we figured it was time to maybe kind of step away from that, we still love Absolutely. our lists, and we're still going to do some, but we're going to do several several different episodes about some of those things that we loved as kids. Now, we're going to cover Smurfs, we're going to, you know what, let's leave, let's let's not. Let's yeah, let's let's not let's not bury the lead. Absolutely, well, right. Yeah. That's that's why you need to tune tune in every single week and download the podcast if you want to know what's next. That is correct. <clears throat> so, a couple more things. It was thought at one time that all the Smurfs were communists. However, they aren't communists. It's been said by the by the creator uh, Peo's son that they were not communists. Um, Wait, also, back that up a little bit for me, because mm-hmm. I, I I know when I was a little bitty boy and I was watching the Smurfs and I was watching again the little blue men who were living in the mushroom houses that that made me wanted to completely dismantle capitalism. Um, right. So help me, help me, help me with the Smurfs and com- how does how does that line get drawn? Uh, so Brainy Smurf might echo an anti-intellectual bent on Soviet Union under Stalin originally. Uh, so <laughs> okay, yeah, Papa Smurf dressed all in red mm-hmm. and all the other ones dressed in white. There, so there's a, apparently people made ties from from uh to, to communism, I guess. Um, I like I said, we were always so you know, young, it didn't matter to us. But anyway, um, some have called Smurf Village a Marxist utopia in the form of allegorical fairy tale. And others have accused them of glorifying racism, total totalitarianism, total, I can't talk, to, to, 
totalitarianism. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Yep. I speak uh, Bradley. Yes. There's anti-Semitism and straight up peddling. Uh, USSR approved propaganda as a socialist men under the red father. So again, how is Superman then not, if he is the red son of Krypton, not looked in the same vein? So, and I'm actually okay with saying Superman is a threat to American uh, values and getting rid of them all together. So, uh, but yes, I, fun facts will do with the Smurfs. Now, and, but now as you say that, Bradley, it makes perfect uh-huh. sense because nothing sparks the thought of cold, heartless Soviet rule than the song that goes la 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 it all makes sense it it does like right now like right when I I read that and right when you hear I mean you just that's the first thing you think of I just wanna I just want to get a big glass of Russian vodka and toast to the motherland I'm in every horrible 1980s Russian wrestler. <laughs> Smurf at this point. Nikolai Volkov, I think we're RIP. Uh, if not, if you're still out there, sir, a Smurf should be your new gimmick. Okay. Yep. All right. And uh, do you know how old the Smurfs live to be? I feel like I shouldn't know this, but I don't. How old do they live to be? So my last fact is that Smurfs are said to live 100 to 150 years old. Wonderful. That so Gargamel, Gargamel might, he, you know, he, he could, you could actually do a new, we can talk about this later, but anyway, a new, a new Smurfs cartoon with the, that, 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 uh, that takes place with still Papa and everybody. But yes. the, the son of Gargamel, not that he ever found a woman, but hey. Well, maybe instead of it being Gargamel, it's Mo from The Simpsons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't get the reference, uh, Hank Azaria, who plays Gargamel in the live action, also famously voices Mo, uh, the bartender in The Simpsons. Okay. Yep. Which again, when you know this level of nerd knowledge, you can just draw those incredibly asinine lines together. All right. If you, if you have yep. this level of nerd knowledge, you are definitely in the right place. And you should come on. All you right. should absolutely come on. <laughs> so, okay. So, a couple things that thank you for those fun facts. So, before we kind of do more of our playing with again, our twisted version, because it will be twisted, ladies and gentlemen. I, I don't even know where Brad's going with his version, but I know it is going to be twisted because that's what we do here, folks. Uh, that's why we have a podcast, not a broadcast. And, you know, we don't have paid sponsors to. Anyway. Yes. All right. Hopefully with that be. Yes. So with that being said, here are a couple of fun uh, historical aspects of the original series of that. I'm going to focus on the 1980s uh, TV show, which is where I got to know the Smurfs. So first off is the idea of where the Smurfs actually came from. So again, the Smurfs were created by a gentleman by the name of Peo, uh, who was actually a French-Belgium uh, 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 cartoon writer and artist and the idea came from as he was discussing with a friend of his over lunch the idea of a new cartoon of a new of as a new series of comic characters which ultimately became known as the smurfs but as he was trying to think of the name for him he actually 
uh, said sort of basically a word in gibberish while all words are made up because while they're sitting at this French restaurant, he could not remember the French word for salt. That's going to matter when I get to my deep dive and my pitch regarding the Smurfs. A few other things when it comes to the Smurfs is that, again, their body size, they are uh, three apples high. And again, we don't know if that's a Honeycrisp or Granny Smith, uh, what kind of apple we're talking about, but they are three apples apples. high. They could be a crab apple, which I think is where maybe we get the Zerfs from. Uh, They are three apples high. They live in houses made of mushrooms that they often uh, light fires in and they sing songs around campfires. Take that for what you will. We all know also that the Smurfs are blue. They do dress in white. A few few variations, such as uh, Handy Smurfs wears um, um, overalls. Uh, Matt or Nature Smurf and Tracker Smurfs wear more wilderness gear, especially when it comes to their hat. And of course, Papa has the full-on beard, uh, smokes a pipe. We don't know with what in it, in a village full of magic mushrooms. And uh, his clothing is red, but apparently Pops, Pops, as I'm going to call it now, Pops Smurf was a was a strong believer in Russian Marxism. That is redundant. All right. So we also know that there are, at least in the original run of the show, there were 100 Smurfs. So there's Papa and his 99 Smurfs, which while he doesn't call them sons, that is how we're led to believe that Papa is not only the village elder and a wizard, but he is also, and of course, of course he has a beard. So if you take an old guy, who's the head of a village, and you give him a beard, of course he's a wizard. Um, And then he has 99 other Smurfs, at this point, all of which are male. Now, as we'll talk about at some point, last week we discussed, well, if you have have a true lion pride, and you have one lion and multiple lionesses, and you have Simba and Nala, who is Nala's father? Is Nala Simba's sister, or is Nala Simba's cousin? Either or, it's creepy. Similar with the Smurfs, since we know Papa is in the building and we've got the 99 other Smurfs, where they come from. And if there's a Mama Smurf and she gave birth to 99 different kids, is she okay? Is she okay? By the way, if you give birth to 99 kids, TLC, give that person a reality show. All right. Beyond that, we know the Smurfs. Also, if you know anything about the Smurfs, uh, the Smurfs love to uh, substitute different nouns, adjectives, and adverbs with the term Smurf. And Smurf, in turn, either Smurf or Smurfing, with some variation of that. And again, this is always dependent very much on the Smurf that is saying it. So famously, there was a line where a human says, get the Smurf and Smurf out of here. And there was play of how each Smurf heard that differently because apparently depending on the the smurf that says that the smurf and what it fills into is a great uh very much particular to the individual last things here before we do our dive and our preventing of the topic which is this so while the smurfs are all lovely people who dance around uh we also get gargamel and gargamel is an evil evil wizard who wants to use the smurfs to be able to make gold. And by grinding Smurfs into a spell, he has the ability to make gold. So Gargamel doesn't want to get a job. You know, he's a, he's a snowflake that doesn't really want to work. He just wants to take the shortcut by capturing these little blue people and casting a magical spell with his cat Azrael 
to again create Smurfs. We do eventually get a few female Smurfs. We get Smurfette. We get Sasset. We even get Manny Smurf. Again, Manny Smurf. Uh, who have different ways of being introduced. Some some they explain, some they don't. They're just there. But again, from 1 to 100 to actually, I think by the end of the series, there were about 106 Smurfs. We also have the live action movies, which we're not going to talk about uh, just by the fact with time and anything that stars NPH has got to be good. So we're going to focus this on this. So there's your quick overview of the Smurfs as well as just talk about they have the human companions, Johan, Pee-wee, or as he would often say, Pee-wee, um, uh, which I always remember from Saturday mornings and again, the lovely Smurfs. So before I close this, Bradley, I have a scenario I want to pose to you, sir. So what would you, so if the Smurfs decide to travel from Smurfs Village to across the sea and they build a boat made out of sticks and stones and mushrooms and once they get on board of the ship once they get so far out and they get out out of the lakes and the fjords and actually enter the big body of water would you call the smurfs blue semen yes and that ladies and gentlemen (laughs) is why we do this for free you win you win (laughs) (laughs) sad to say brad and i both very educated men and we still think this is funny all right okay sir so now that we've had our fun facts and a really uh brief history lesson and our very inappropriate joke uh (laughs) how would you like to proceed with our uh uh, pitches and think about this is when it comes to the smurf would you like to go first would you like what i'm hearing is that you're saying the smurfs are an updated version of the mamas and the papas (laughs) yeah i guess so forecast elliot is rolling over in her grave uh it's directed by eli roth (laughs) (laughs) so you know if you're going to mamas and the papas you eventually have to have the horror theme song being done by wilson phillips right there's just too much connection I mean, do that. Like, yeah, you know, and the song is just hold on. Yeah. <laughs> Bradley, you can sustain while you're locked up in these chains. Remember that no one is to blame for your unhappiness. You got yourself into your own mess, letting your worries pass you by. Don't you think it's worth the time to change your mind? And now I'm going to stop because it's sad that I know so many of the lyrics of Hold On. That is your boy's jam. I am putting this out in the nerd verse. For those of you that know me, yes, I will, I will, I will take away the shame. I will be bound to it no longer. Brian, my name is Brian Steven Dennis, and I love Lisa Wilson Phillips. All right. You know, Brian, (laughs) maybe the Smurfs are just California dreaming. Stop. 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 Just go where you want to (laughs) go. Oh, kids, I can't wait we start streaming these. Okay. (laughs) All right. That. was awesome okay um (laughs) with you (laughs) 
I'm gonna try and re and re regroup myself to share uh, my re first off. Is there more to your retelling you want to go into? No, that was it. That that was that was all okay. I wanted to say about Smurfs. All right. Well, I have more to say about the Smurfs because I got to save us from ourselves here. All right. So I thought about what if the Smurfs had a bit of uh, uh, 1883 kind of grittiness to it, or maybe even bring some Game of Thrones and made the Smurfs really a more, instead of it being a kid's show, made it a more serious, still animated, uh, but instead of being the, you know, the big mouth human resources kind of uh, campy, silly, uh, 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 shock humor animation, what if we made it much more of a serious, you know, almost taking the lead from Young Justice, this, this actual world that has real uh, uh, opportunity for expansion or Invincible and some of those really great animated shows we've seen the last couple of years. So that is where I'm coming up with the new imagining of the Smurfs, and I'm going to call it Smurfs, The Blue Wars. So I took a lot of things that already exist in Smurf canon, put it on his ear a little bit, and again, give you my twisted version. So first off, we're going to go all the way back to the Middle Ages. And in the Ooh. Middle Ages, it's going to be the year 1022. So, a thousand years ago, the evil wizard Gargamel tries to free a demon named Balthazar. If you know the Smurfs, Balthazar is that, so the godfather of Gargamel in the original cartoon. We're going to spend that a little bit, maybe Balthazar actually a demon. So, as Gargamel is trying to free uh, Balthazar, he, is, he um, winds up being uh, uh, finally, he is being brought down by the local king's army. And this army is led by one Johan Lassell. Johan, being one of the humans in the uh, 80s show, Lassell, I did a little research, is actually the French word for salt. And remember, the Smurfs name came from a moment of frustration that Peo could not think of the French word for salt. With that being said, we have Johan and Hazel, the and, excuse me, and um, uh, uh, Brandy, the Hazel Witch, are attempting to stop Gargamel. They wind up stopping him, but at a cost. Johan is injured during his battle with Gargamel, and the way that which they decided they will stop Gargamel is this: so they will send Gargamel to what is known as the Cursed Land. And the way that they will hold Gargamel there is they will tie not only Johan's soul, but the soul of all of his firstborn descendants to Gargamel to keep him locked in the Cursed Land. We jump ahead a thousand years. Now we're at the year 2022. And Johan's long since descendant, John, Salter is living his life in the French, uh, very French-oriented city of New Orleans, Louisiana. He's even in the French Quarter. What we start to see now is John having visions of battles he knows nothing of. 
he occasionally slips into speaking French that he has no memory of every learning. And finally, he is visited by Hazel, by the by uh, the Hazel Witch, but in ghost form, who explains that Gargamel is nearing breaking out of the cursed land. And the only way to keep him in that cursed land would be for John to be sent there through the use of three magic apples. The psychedelic apples are going to make John three apples high. John is told, though, however, he will not be alone in the cursed land, and he will be joined by an army of 100 warriors. And these 100 warriors will be based on aspects of his psyche. So once he eats these three apples and he goes to the cursed land, he will meet the army that is based off of his brain, his psyche, his personality, which are the Smurfs. So once he hits the cursed land and he realizes where he's at, he meets the army that his psyche has created. So the members of his psyche are Papa Smurf, who represents his, his brain, excuse me, his, his soul. Uh, Smurfette represents his heart. Brainy Smurf, his intelligence. Hefty Smurf, his courage. Jokey Smurf, his sense of humor. And then we've got Handy Smurf for creativity and even Harmony Smurf, who is the peacemaker. But no person is perfect. So the darker sides of his personality also manifest. So we get his anger in Grouchy Smurf, and we get his prideful nature in Vanity Smurf. So John now must not only prepare to fight Gargamel in the Cursed Land, he must also find peace within the Smurfs. Because again, the more at conflict he is, the more at conflict the Smurfs are. So this becomes a series, not just a one-shot movie, but it's become a series as he meets the different people within the Cursed Land. He's got to meet witches and warlocks and trolls and giants and dragons. He's going to learn more about himself through the Smurfs. And while we start off with 100 Smurfs, very similar to people who wear red shirts in Star Wars, they will not all make it. And every time there's a Smurf that passes away, a bit of John is destroyed. So John must decide whether he keeps going this battle and losing more and more of himself to potentially not be able to return to the real world or does he continue to fight for humanity in Smurfs, the Blue Wars. I love it. Good job. <clears throat> if you didn't already win the episode, you definitely just put, put a period on that win. <laughs> Not that it feels a chance to uh, again in my world, Katy Perry's athlete is Smurfette, so it'll work out perfectly. Oh yeah, I mean she was such a good good Smurfette, so she really was. She really, really was. All right, so that is our deeper dive into the Smurfs. So for those of you who are listening to our podcast, we love to hear from you. Tell us what you think about uh, Brass Mamas and the Papa Smurfs. Tell me what you think about my uh, Smurf the Blue Wars. Tell us about other shows you want us to prevent and play a little bit with with our twisted prevenge version of this. But as again, as always, we always want to hear from you. You have requests for things to break down to play into. We absolutely love to do it. So, Bradley, what is next? Well, Brian, I have my tap for you. All right. Are you ready for this? I am. 
So, Brian, we're going to do a variation of Fandemic Fights. Only this time, I'm going to take two different actors, Mm. and you are going to have to explain who has the better movie catalog. Okay. All right. So, in one corner, we have... Denzel Washington. Okay. And I was trying to think of who would be a really good person, person's catalog to go up, go up, up there. I wanted to find somebody that he really hasn't worked with. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as I could tell, I, I couldn't find him anything that, that the, these paths have crossed. We have one. Do it. Sly. Stallone, a Sylvester <sighs> Stallone versus Denzel Washington. We have right. we have Glory versus Demolition Man. Yes. We have Deja Vu versus yes. uh Rocky. We have both have had amazing careers. Yes. Both, I would say, I would say both have stamped their name. In infamy, infamy. Yes. Brian, who has a better movie catalog? This one is a toughie. No, it's not. All <laughs> right. So I'm going to play this out of you some of the better works. You've actually talked about this. Who I feel has the better all better overall movie catalog. So this absolutely is going to fall on the personal taste type of movies that you yeah. like. There's also going to be some generational things. Denzel's continuing to come with a lot of steady work. Uh, Stallone, not as much. Stallone's older mm-hmm. than Denzel. So there's things of that nature. And to be fair to both individuals, uh, when you look at just straight up Fesbian skill set, Denzel's got, let's say, a little more range than our buddy <laughs> Sly. All right. At least, when, at, least from the, at least from the roles we've seen them play. So uh, I would I mean, personally love before I for you could just say stop or my mom will shoot. <laughs> so so there is that aspect. <laughs> you know, if he's gonna bring Stell Gate into the fire, I might have to lend this to Stallone. That might have to get it to it. Okay. So first off, all right, so this this, this I, I just started looking at a couple of the things that they have. That are awesome. And I would love to look at these when you look at their, the roles they've played. Uh-huh. Is have these again, like you said, pandemic uh-huh. fights. Like take some of their more iconic characters and actually have them uh take on each other. So what if we had John Spartan from Demolition Man take on the man on fire? Who who do you think wins that fight? I actually go more John Spartan. I would too. Yeah. Absolutely. So then we have, again, the idea of you've got Stallone. My athlete favorite Stallone movie, which as is not a Rocky film, is his, is his turn in Daylight. I actually, uh, excuse me, Daybreak. I actually really liked uh, uh, him in that movie um, versus, let's say, Denzel's Running Glory. Yeah. But really what's going to be the determining factor of Stallone versus Denzel is Rocky, versus the hurricane and who's winning that fight and when we look at that i see rocky taking a hurricane uh uh to the ropes 
Rocky's a southpaw. Hurricane's not ready for it. Uh, he's making a comeback. Also, because it's Rocky, Hurricane, while he's a real person, cannot take that Rocky resiliency. You know what? Rocky stood up to Clubber Lane. Rocky stood up to Apollo Creed. Rocky stood up to Drago! The Hurricane doesn't have it for Rocky. But wait, right as Rocky has the Hurricane down, he's on one knee. One more shot, and the hurricane will be done out of the crowd. Shuffling off Ethan Hawke, telling him to go put on some sandals with glass in them, is the one, the only, Mr. Training Day himself, the true G, Alonzo. As Alonzo enters the room with the twin guns, he reminds him that King Kong ain't got shiitake on me. And Alonzo helps the Hurricane defeat Rocky, and Dizel Washington has the much, much stronger filmography. Hence, he's a multiple Oscar Award winning actor without having slapped anybody. <laughs> and Stallone gave us Oscar. So... <laughs> He he hasn't won an Oscar. He was in a movie called Oscar. And it's the less said about that, the better. I mean, I, until you brought it up, I forgot all about it. So, I mean, I applaud you. Which tells it. you something there. Right. Tells you right. something there. Actually paid money to rent that movie. And yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I will say Sly, uh, Sly's Demolition Man. It's not as good as Carl Urban's. <laughs> oh, Leo, so we are just getting ready to wrap up. Do you want to say something? Hi. Can wrap up your whole entire podcast? Mm-hmm. Talk yeah. to the mic, sweetie. I'm in the mic. Okay. What? <laughs> oh, I wanted to do my second one. Oh, you want to do another Please. review? Yes. Give us, a, right. give us another review. What, do you want to, what would you like to review, honey? To Danger or Henry Danger? Henry Danger. Oh, um, Henry Danger is a, it's, um, another series that I used to watch and now watch again about a kid who is a sidekick of a um, superhero, which is called Captain Man. And he's a sidekick, and his name is Kid Danger. They both fight crime, and um, Captain Man is indestructible. And all of his friends find out, and even his little sister Piper, which is a crazy person. And he is, like, three years older than Piper. And, yeah, Piper always says, I'm not okay. Wow, that was loud. <laughs> All right, kiddo. Well, thank you. Loud. Thank you very much for the kid danger. You see, you did not think you're going to get a kid danger review on Prevenge of the Nerds, but look at us making and, dreams come true. And Leia, you should ask your dad since you like kid danger, a show that your dad, if he's not introduced you to, that he should. Brad, do you remember Danger Mouse? I do remember Danger Mouse. That's Danger a, that's Mouse. A, that is Danger, a, oh. Danger Mouse was on Netflix for a hot minute. I don't know if it's still on there, but Danger Mouse 
in its entirety was on Netflix. And talk about a show that honestly was really subversive. I, I mean, it's a British-based cartoon, right? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of the jokes are very British. So as a kid, told I kid grew up in the southern part of the U.S., I didn't. Get, I I like Danger Mouse, period. But I didn't get uh, a lot of the jokes. The older you get, the show is. <laughs> Pim, uh, uh, Pimbleton, his mouse friend. So he's not a mouse. He's a I think he's a gerbil or a hamster. But anyway, uh, so many of the jokes land differently as an adult. That again, Danger Mouse and just that super cool car. So yes. So if you get a chance to, if it's streaming anywhere, check out Danger Mouse. Uh yeah, I man, I haven't seen that in a long, long time. I think I did remember seeing it on Netflix yes. once upon a time. Brian, Nickelodeon was good. Yes, sir. Do you have anything else you want to add to the show? At this point, as always, just please give us a like, subscribe, share us with your friends. If you are someone that loves this, so Bradley and I, you hear a lot of our two symptoms that you've heard us bring some friends on. We always want to extend the offer that if you are in our listening universe and there's something you want us to talk about, let us know. If you want to come on the show and take a few minutes, definitely let us know. There's so many great things coming out. We'll continue to do our reviews. We'll continue to uh, prevent things. I'm really excited about our upcoming shows, but as always, we just really appreciate you giving us the opportunity to help you level up. You're awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself. So uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can tweet me at Fandemic3, message me on Facebook at The Fandemic. I'm also active on TikTok at The Fandemic1. There you can hear my reviews and so much more. I put magic tricks on there, some other stuff, uh, some stuff with my kids. It's, it's kind of fun. I'm having, I'm having some fun there. If you want to support the show, there are several ways to do so. You can go to Patreon at patreon.com slash PVOTN uh, Fandemic. You can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash the Fandemic. PayPal or Venmo at Bradley Butin. That's B-R-A-D-L-E-Y-B-U-T-I-N. Or just share the show with someone you want to make a little more awesome. Also, don't forget to leave a five-star review. All right, Brian, let's go ahead and close the show. All right, folks. So again, you can always find me, Brian Stephen Dennis, on Facebook. Again, uh, give me a like, give me a follow, give me a friend request. But we really love hearing from our audience. And please, please, always remember, no retreat, no surrender. Thanks for catching up. You're welcome for leveling up your awesomeness. Live free or die empty. Remember, we're all playing the same game of game of life, just on a different level. Have a great day. Another great show, sir. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So what are we doing next week? Was that was that going to be, um, shoot, is that Thundercast? Or we, what do we want to do with that one? Uh, let me see here. Okay, so I, the order I put, it doesn't happen. We can, we can, we can change the order. Okay. Because um, I know we wanted to do a deeper dive into Moon Knight coming up yep. as well. I think we'll um, do that after the series wrap. So that's about probably be in three weeks. Yeah. Yep. So I think next week I have tentatively Brave Star and then Mass. Perfect. Perfect. And then I have a, the greatest breakfast food. Yes. For the next three episodes. I really okay. want to hit it. Um, so why don't we do why don't we do Moon Moon Knight after a mask and then we'll do the breakfast food one. Okay. Perfect. 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 Yeah. Well, again, that'll have given the, the series a chance to 
really again settle we can revisit i can definitely bring in some of the things from the actual uh books and some 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 can uh some great places to start um but yeah i love the fact they've added the different personalities which is again they're getting to the crux of it um and just by the way and again if you if you're not too familiar with it, i'll let you get to lay and stuff at some point they have got to do the overlap between either Moon Knight and Doctor Strange or Moon Knight and Spider-Man because there's a, so much that happens that is Moon Knight and Spider-Man interrelated uh, and by the fact that we have the gods and magic that actually brings a lot of Doctor Strange so I think yeah. we see and Moon Knight honestly does become an Avenger so it would be very interesting to see again as we get more to the one that remains uh, see if that brings in some because I like them because remember the one that as we saw last talk because it made me think of this as we saw, oh, you haven't you haven't seen this one. We see them bringing in the aspects of playing with time, even with Moon Knight, even with Moon Knight. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so that bleeds into some of the things with Loki. That definitely bleeds into Doctor Strange and the Time Stone, uh, even with some of the things in WandaVision. So I think we can see some various stacking on that mm-hmm. when you look at what's coming next but again absolutely so next week could be brave star such an underrated 80s cartoon so good so yeah. good uh so yeah but again this has been so much fun we'll touch base we'll get uh, we'll also get an intro recorded before we get to next sunday so we'll i'll text you we'll figure out a time to do it cool. and um yeah all right bro so i will let you get to it as always my friend uh this is fun all right yeah, absolutely man this is a great time all right, dude. All right. we'll talk soon cool later see you bye bye bye